1: a good one in the coast guard we think it's all of the above and more but you'll have to find out for yourself visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more tonight with six days to go to election day hurricane zeta makes landfall as a powerful category too and the coronavirus peaks in the US. Louisiana hit by Zeta's damaging winds and dangerous storm surge. Millions of Americans in its path, with watches and warnings up and down the East Coast, as far north as Philadelphia. Focus on Arizona. President Trump makes his seventh trip to the battleground state, as Senator Kamala Harris hopes to end a Democratic drought in the Grand Canyon state, which hasn't gone blue in nearly three decades.
2: the difference?
1: Plus, why were hundreds of Trump supporters left in the cold, some for hours following a Nebraska rally? 75 million Americans have already voted, but what are both parties doing about those who requested a ballot but haven't turned them back in? The Dow plunges on COVID news. The numbers in the U.S. are stunning. Over the last week, a new case of coronavirus was reported every 1.2 seconds. And in Europe, new lockdowns, as the French president says his country is being overpowered by a second wave. And a top expert says the U.S. is on the same trajectory. Philadelphia imposes a curfew after a second night of violence and looting after a deadly police shooting. World Series champions, the Dodgers win it all for the first time in 32 years. But the big story tonight, a star player pulled mid-game after testing positive for coronavirus. So why did he return to the field without a mask? And batting cleanup, a 12-year-old who's turning storm debris into bats and hitting home runs for charity.
3: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting tonight from CBS News Election Headquarters in Times Square.
1: Good evening and thank you for joining us. We are coming on the air tonight with breaking news on several fronts. Just six days before the election tonight, that powerful Hurricane Zeta is slamming into Louisiana at 110 miles per hour, the fifth time that has happened this year. More than 30 million Americans are in the storm's path right now, and tens of thousands have already lost power. At the same time, the coronavirus crisis is reaching a dire new peak tonight. Both at home and overseas, cases are exploding. The U.S. is now facing its worst week of new infections since the pandemic began. In the past seven days, more than half a million people have been infected nationwide. That news, along with nationwide lockdowns in France and Germany, sent the Dow into freefall, dropping more than 900 points today. And tonight, the coronavirus crisis is slamming headlong into the presidential campaign, with Joe Biden delivering a rebuke of President Trump's handling of the pandemic. And the president drawing cheers at large rallies, telling voters things are getting better. So there's clearly a lot of new reporting to get to tonight. We've got our team of correspondents standing by to cover it all. CBS's Danya Backus is going to lead off our coverage tonight from the storm zone in New Orleans. Good evening, Dania.
4: Good evening, Nora. The rain and wind is intensifying here in New Orleans. Famed Bourbon Street is a virtual ghost town. That's because this storm was supposed to be a category one. It's just, it's now just one mile an hour away from becoming a category three. Hurricane Zeta slammed into the Louisiana coast as a strong Category 2 tonight and is now barreling through the state. Fierce winds already wreaking havoc in Grand Isle, where residents are under mandatory evacuation orders. Officials are warning of deadly storm surge as heavy rainfall floods streets. Louisiana has been hit by two tropical storms and two hurricanes already this year.
3: This is not a drill. We've had many of them. We do expect directly impacting the city of New Orleans. Residents
4: prepared by picking up sandbags today.
5: You can't get tired of it. You just have to adjust yourself, and this is is life down here
4: in Louisiana. Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards cautioning residents to expect extensive power outages during this fast-moving storm, but said the lights would be back on in time to vote on Tuesday.
2: We've identified in advance all of the polling locations uh, so that power restoration efforts can be prioritized there.
4: This is expected to be a fast-moving storm and a far-reaching one. Tropical storm warnings now extend as far north as Virginia. And in Atlanta, they have canceled in-person classes. Wind gusts there are expected to reach 70 miles per hour. Nora?
1: Donia Backus, thank you. Now to 2020, America decides. Tonight, we've learned that more than 75 million Americans have already voted. That's more than half the total turnout from 2016. And with just six days of voting left, President Trump kept up his battleground blitz in the West. And there's no escaping the campaign's number one issue. CBS's Ed O'Keefe joins us here in our new election headquarters. Good evening, Ed. Good evening, Nora. The coronavirus pandemic continues to dominate the campaign more than any other
2: issue. And despite evidence that it's only worsening, the president is claiming the opposite, a risky move as he courts late deciding voters today in western states. Hello, Arizona. President Trump stumped through Arizona and Nevada today trying to reverse Joe Biden's lead in the polls in both states. And he continued to argue the coronavirus, raging in record numbers across the country, is under control. Because we understand it now. We understand it. People are getting better. Even plans for one of his signature rallies in Nevada had to be scrapped because the thousands of supporters expected to attend would far outnumber statewide limits for in-person gatherings. So the president was forced to court Nevadans from just over the border in northern Arizona. And hello
0: to everybody right here in Nevada. I
2: love Nevada, too. Mr. Trump's rallies are causing problems elsewhere. Last night in Omaha, Nebraska, after he finished speaking, some supporters were stranded for hours in the freezing cold because of a traffic jam. Some ended up hospitalized.
5: He gets his photo op and he gets out. He leaves everyone else to suffer the consequence of his failure to make a responsible plan. It seems like he just doesn't care much about it.
2: Biden was home in Delaware today to cast his vote with his wife Jill and to meet with public health officials about how the pandemic is disproportionately affecting minorities. He once again criticized the president's handling of the virus.
5: I'm not running in the false promise of being able to end this pandemic by flipping a switch. But what I can promise you is this we will start on day one doing the right things. We'll let science drive our decisions. We will deal honestly with the American people.
2: The president is also hearing it from his own health officials. His coronavirus testings are today contradicting claims that cases are only rising because of increased testing.
5: It's not just a function of testing. Yes, we're getting more cases identified, but the cases are actually going up. And we know that, too, because hospitalizations are going up. And we do know that deaths are increasing, uh, unfortunately.
2: And new evidence tonight, the president was wrestling control of the response to the virus from his own health officials in April as the virus was spreading. Son-in-law Jared Kushner telling The Washington Post's Bob Woodward.
0: Trump's now back in charge. It's not the doctors.
2: Democrats have capitalized on voter frustration with the pandemic in places like Arizona, where Kamala Harris also campaigned today. And she took aim at the president for repeatedly calling her a left-wing radical.
4: There has been some talk about my values. Well, let me just tell you, Tucson, I am a proud patriotic American. I love my country. And our values reflect the values of America.
1: And Ed, I understand there's some breaking news just coming in about the Supreme Court, from the Supreme Court, that could impact the battleground of Pennsylvania?
2: It could. The Supreme Court deciding not to intervene in Pennsylvania in a case regarding whether or not they should allow ballots that come in at least three days after Election Day to be counted. So in essence, state officials can start counting them when they come in. Republicans have been pushing the high court to take up the case. Conservative justices today signaled they might like to revisit the issue next week if Pennsylvania is in play and this is still a concern. And we should point out Justice Amy Coney Barrett was not involved in today's decision. But as you said, a big reminder, Pennsylvania, a huge factor next week.
1: Yeah, we're going to be following a lot of these legal battles for the next week and beyond. Thank you, Ed O'Keefe. All right, now to the coronavirus crisis here in the U.S., more than 8.8 million Americans have now been infected by the virus, and more than 227,000 have died. Over the past week, the U.S. has been averaging more than 800 COVID deaths per day. CBS's David Begnaud reports tonight from Minnesota, where daily COVID deaths in recent weeks have doubled.
5: Tonight, hospitals in the Midwest and the Great Plains are overwhelmed with coronavirus patients. A 50% spike in the last month in the U.S. Hotspots are Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio, Minnesota. Cases are on the rise there, and average daily deaths have doubled over the last two weeks. Take North Dakota. Over the last seven days, they have reported the highest COVID death rate per capita in the United States and one of the lowest mask-wearing rates in the country. We're just seeing kind of these consistent high numbers. Dr. Austin Simonson is a hospital physician at Sanford Health System in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. There doesn't seem to be a lot of rhyme or reason to it. I have a 97-year-old who is doing wonderfully um, and somebody much younger than that. We're not certain they're going to survive the day. In nearby Wisconsin, many of the ICUs are at or near capacity. One of those patients in Wisconsin is Carmen Lerma. She is recovering from a double lung transplant after coronavirus destroyed her lungs.
1: It's not like flu. It doesn't feel like a flu. I was pretty healthy. I was pretty healthy and look at me.
5: The federal government says if a vaccine is authorized by next month, they could start distributing to frontline workers and the most vulnerable people by the end of this year. Dr. Anthony Fauci.
0: If we get a vaccination campaign, I think it will be easily by the end of 2021 and perhaps even into the next year
5: before we start having some semblances of normality. But some states remain skeptical of the process. Washington, Oregon and Nevada now say they will partner with California to independently review any FDA approved vaccine before distributing it to the public. Tonight, we are in Minnesota, where the governor is telling people between the ages of 18 and 35 to go and get tested. Because according to the governor, most of the new infections are being driven by that age group. And, Nora, most of those people are walking around infected with no symptoms.
1: Really interesting, David Begno. Thank you. Well, as bad as the COVID surge is here, it's worse in Europe, which accounted for nearly half of all new cases globally last week. And the former head of the FDA warns we are just three weeks behind them. Tonight, France and Germany are taking drastic steps to slow down the spread. We get more now from CBS's Elizabeth Palmer. President Emmanuel
6: Macron said France needed a lockdown to act as a brutal break on COVID. Starting Friday until December, no one in France can leave home without a good reason. Those schools and factories will stay open, but non-essential businesses will have to close. France's hospitals are feeling the strain, with more than half of all intensive care beds already full.
2: der persönlichen
6: contact... In Germany, Chancellor Angela Merkel announced what she called burdensome measures, too. Restaurants will have to close. So will bars and movie theatres. These are radical moves in a country where masks and widespread testing had,
1: until now, kept the infection rates low. Elizabeth Palmer, CBS News, London. Tonight, Philadelphia is under a 9 p.m. curfew as the city braces for a third night of unrest. Protesters clashed with police on Tuesday as stores in some areas were looted. Fifty-three officers have been injured. The protests come after police shot and killed Walter Wallace on Monday. The officers say he approached them with a knife. Wallace's family says he was going through a mental health crisis. His father has made a public plea for an end to the violence. Tonight, Dodgers fans in Los Angeles are still celebrating their team's World Series victory. But Major League Baseball says one of the team's stars committed a bad error after the game. Here's CBS's Jamie 2020. The first Dodgers
6: championship in 32 years should be remembered for its joyful exuberance. But in the seventh inning, the reality of COVID struck star player Justin Turner. He was immediately isolated to prevent spread. Turner did not isolate long. Minutes later, on the field with his wife, then next to Dodgers manager and cancer survivor Dave Roberts. There's Turner without a mask.
2: They missed an obligation to to do the right thing.
6: In a bluntly worded statement, Major League Baseball agreed, saying Turner's decision to leave isolation and enter the field was wrong, and that Turner emphatically refused to comply with security. Does this go beyond bad optics?
2: Him walking without a mask, interacting with people, known positive. I, I can't tell you how dismayed I was.
1: The team has postponed a celebration here at Dodger Stadium because of the COVID diagnosis. But since large gatherings are a significant source of virus spread, crowds of screaming fans on and off the field have local health officials on edge. Nora. Jamie Ucas, thank you. Campaigns call it the ground game, an army of volunteers going door to door and person to person hunting for every last vote. But now with just six days left, they face an urgent new challenge, reaching the millions of voters who asked for mail-in ballots this year, but still haven't returned them. Here's CBS's Janet Shamlian.
6: Voters in Houston are dropping off absentee ballots from their cars tonight. A record number of Americans requested those ballots this year, but nationwide, a whopping 46 percent haven't returned them. The question now, where are the rest of them? Florida has more than 1.9 million unreturned, more than 1.5 million in Arizona. Georgia has more than 700,000 outstanding. Michigan, more than 800,000. The fight to get those ballots in is critical in places like Wisconsin, following the Supreme Court's ruling that those received after Election Day can't be counted. The hunt for mail-in votes is pressing for Democrats, who've requested the majority. Michigan Democrats say they're chasing everyone. What are you doing to get those back in?
2: We're calling, we're texting, we're using social media, we're using every means we can to make sure we reach out to these voters who've got ballots in their hands.
6: We were on the ground in Michigan as volunteers armed with voters' names and addresses knocked on doors of Democratic households to get the vote out.
2: I think the first job is to make sure the Democrats get out, especially the ones that we already know don't have a a solid voting record in the past.
6: Republicans have played a bigger ground game, canvassing early amid COVID fears and claim Democrats have lost their early lead as absentee ballots are not real votes when left on the kitchen table. Tonight, some election officials say it's now too close to election day to mail in ballots, urging voters to drop them off instead. And that's what this location is for. It is the only ballot drop off in a county of almost 5 million people. It is important to note that some of the absentee ballots that have not been returned may be because voters have decided to vote in person. Nora.
1: Janet Shamlian, thank you. Evacuation orders could be lifted tonight for some families in Southern California, where more than 1,300 firefighters are battling two intense wildfires. Calmer winds helped crews gain ground today. In Colorado, damage assessments from two of the worst wildfires in that state's history found more than 300 homes were damaged or destroyed. Tonight, the mother of Brianna Taylor is calling for an independent prosecutor and new grand jury to investigate the fatal shooting of her daughter. Tamika Palmer is speaking out after two grand jurors in the case told CBS This Morning co-host Gail King they believe police actions in the botched raid were, quote, criminal, and that prosecutors never gave them the option to consider murder, murder charges. None of the officers involved were directly charged in Taylor's death. Since we're broadcasting from CBS election headquarters, we thought we'd cast our vote for the feel-good story of the day. CBS's Chip Reed found a 12-year-old in Iowa who's knocking it out of the park.
3: Few kids have ever stepped up to the plate for charity like Tommy Romberg.
0: I just wanted to raise money so we could help them rebuild.
3: Rebuild from the massive derecho that hit Iowa in August. A friend's birthday was upended, too.
2: I knew his favorite sport was baseball, and I thought it'd mean mean a lot to him if he got a baseball bat for his birthday.
3: So Tommy decided to make him one by hand and called it the Great Derecho when word got out. Others wanted homemade bats, too, including his mother, man.
2: I kind of thought, oh, shoot, Tommy, I think I would like one. Would you make me one? And he told me no. He still had blisters on his hands.
3: But it gave Tommy an idea. What if he made bats out of wood brought down by the storm and donated some of the profits to storm victims? His family bought a lathe, and so far, he's made about 100 bats and raised more than $2,500. I feel
4: like it's really helping people.
3: Tommy makes the bats after he's done his homework and on the days he's doing school virtually. One of the reasons that he can spend all this time doing this is because he's home from school. I
1: almost feel like this is school in itself, you know.
3: And he's certainly got a hit on his hands. Chip Reed, CBS News, Washington.
1: So get this, Tommy has 200 bats on the wait list, but his parents say his real priority needs to be the sixth grade. We get it. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, the candidates head to Florida, where the race is a dead heat. We'll be there, too, to hear from the voters who could decide the election. And a reminder, if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell at CBS News Election Headquarters here in New York. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Good night.
0: If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com slash survey. Survivor's back and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.